Good morning. On behalf of the family, I want to thank you for joining us today. We've gathered here to remember and celebrate the life of Arliss W. Schrader, but we've also gathered here to worship and honor God. There's grief, but there's also much joy as Arliss enters into his eternal home with Jesus. May God grant us his presence, grace, and peace as we have gathered here today. Now, this morning, I'm privileged to be able to share in the responsibilities for this service with my mentor. A lot of years ago, Pastor Nick welcomed me as a very young man and taught me what it means to be a pastor. He was Arliss's and Letha's pastor for many years, and I really appreciate his help, and we will be performing this service together. And I'm honored to be asked to be a part of this. Uh, I've known Arliss and Letha for more than 50 years. And uh, just an anecdote, uh, when we resigned our church in California and said we were going to go to Bueller, people repeatedly said, I can understand you leaving Wasco, but to Kansas? And when we got to Kansas, Arliss proved to me what they were talking about. They were married in June. We arrived, I mean, in July. We arrived here in June. And we attended that wedding in Kingman, sat up on the, in the balcony in a church without air conditioning. It was a hundred and some degrees outside, and I had a wool suit on. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> and so I remember... Arliss and Letha with fond memories from that experience. We want to direct our attention to the Word of God as we worship, and I've chosen, it was suggested that we read Psalm 23. And you know that this can be read several ways. Let me just illustrate. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. Or we could read it, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Join me in prayer. Loving Heavenly Father, we are so privileged to be part of your family, that you are our shepherd. You were Arliss's shepherd. You provided, you guided, 
and today he is in your presence. And as we celebrate his life, we acknowledge your goodness, your faithfulness, your mercy, your grace was given in abundance to allow him, to allow us to be a part of your family. And so we pray that you would wrap your arms of love around the family. May they sense your comforting presence in their lives. And as we leave this place, may we go with new, renewed resolve to be the people of God and to make a difference in our world. We thank you for Arliss's contribution to our lives, to the life of this congregation, and to the community and the world around him. And we give you the thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Schrader of Inman, Kansas, passed away Tuesday, February 16, 2021, at his home. 
He was born on June 28, 1945, in rural Hillsborough, Kansas, the son of Arthur M. and Pearl E. Coop Schrader. He graduated from Central Christian School, short, short stint at Tabor, then into 1W service. He was a farm boy at heart, helping his father raising livestock, working the ground, and harvesting crops. In 1968, he started raising his own livestock and local custom silage cutting with his twin brother using a pole-type cutter. In 1970, they purchased a new cutter and began custom cutting in western Kansas. Later, their younger brother Richard joined the partnership. Arliss was united in marriage to Letha Schrader on July 18, 1970 in Kingman, Kansas. They started their family with Sherry, being born in 1971. They purchased 40 acres in 1972 with a homestead and small pasture, which has been home ever since. The family grew again with Mark, born in 1973, then again with Andy in 1976 and Ricky in 1977. In the 80s, Arliss turned to farming full-time and let his brothers do the custom silage business. He was a member of Bueller MB Church, where he was active as an usher for 40 plus years and worked as a sound technician for church services. Arliss helped with the Wednesday night meals and taught classes at the church. Arliss was a member of the MCC board and he helped with the MCC relief sale for many years. He was also a member of Farm Bureau since the early 1990s. He worked with promoting farm safety. He was also a member of the Upper Little Arkansas River Watershed District in 1984 before they built their first watershed dam. They built 10 watershed dams in his years of service. In Gideon's International, he enjoyed distributing Bibles in motels, schools, and medical facilities. He served as township treasurer. Arliss held leadership roles and was involved with his children with the 4-H club. He was involved with Mennonite disaster cleanup where he would help sheetrock and rebuild pasture fences after natural disasters in multiple areas like the Big Thompson flood, El Dorado, Halstead, Augusta floods, tornado cleanup in Andover, Burton, Bueller, Dillwyn, St. John, Greensburg, and Menno, Oklahoma. He also helped with construction in refurbishing the old Oasis Church. Arliss enjoyed farming where he could take time to help others. He also loved to joke and have a good laugh. Arliss is survived by his wife, Letha, of the home, daughter, Sherry Schrader of Inman, sons, Mark and Shelley Schrader of Inman, Andy and Shelley Schrader of Andover, Ricky and Lisa Schrader of Inman, six grandchildren, Bryn, Ian, Kaylin, Caitlin, Jonathan, and Kimberly Schrader, brother Richard and Luanda Schrader of Mound Ridge, sisters Sylvia and Ken Walters of Greenville, Texas, and Gloria and Eldon Friesen of Dinuba, California, and sister-in-law Elva Schrader of Bueller. Arliss was preceded in death by his parents, sisters Elaine Rice and husband Clyde and Eldine Schrader 
and brother Arthur D. Schrader. Now, what we know about obituaries like this, this is sort of, you know, the, the nuts and bolts. And uh, uh, there's so much more to our list, right? And uh, even though I joke about this with my church all the time, I don't understand people who don't like getting up in front of people. Uh, we wanted to make sure we shared a few stories about Arliss, so Nick is also going to come help me with this. I didn't know Arliss that well. Back 30-whatever years ago, Sherry and Mark were in the youth group, but I was pretty young then, and I don't remember a lot. But what I heard when we talked as a family, uh, all the boys sitting around in our little circle in my office would talk about, yeah, Dad took us here to help with the disaster there. We had to go, you know, when the flood was there, and we helped, you know. So you could just see Arliss's commitment to MDS in this case and all the different places he's been that was reflected in that. And they had some stories, you know, that they remembered as well. But Nick might have some other additions to remember. Well, I was just going to comment on the fact that we uh, have, you know, the sociologists uh, call a group of people the builder generation. And depending on whose report you read, some of some cut it off at people born before 1943, but Arliss definitely was a part of the builder, uh, builder generation, as witnessed by the number of areas that he became involved in. Township, MCC, Gideon's, this church, whenever the doors were open, you could count on Arliss and Lisa being here. They might be sitting out there particularly after his health was challenged. But he was here. He was dedicated. He was a faithful worker, both within the church family, but within the larger community as a builder. And we valued that aspect, his industrious uh, uh, involvement, and his friendly attitude, that ready smile that he greeted you with. And so, thank you for sharing him with us. Lisa did uh, have some words that I wanted to share with you. Um, first of all, there's some funny parts, and the family might remember this, you know, as, as typical farmers, you guys had pets and dogs and stuff, yeah? <laughs> and uh, Lisa mentions one instance when uh, a dog caught a squirrel, but the squirrel grabbed onto the dog's lip, and they're shaking each other, and then the dog went in and finally got the upper hand. Uh, classic. And this other one, did you have a beagle named Tippy? And Arliss came with a big uh, bucket of beef broth from meat canning, and this poor dog didn't know when to quit, and by the end, the dog could hardly stand up because it was so full. Uh, Lisa writes this, Arliss wore many hats through his lifetime, from working construction like at Bethel Fine Arts Building, Inman High School Ag and Maintenance Building, and a short time at Heston Manufacturing as a welder. But of the hats he wore, being a farmer stockman seemed to fit him the best. And then there were some uh, family stories that she has to remember and thank God for. Uh, I don't know how many years ago this was, but Andy was riding the tractor and Arliss was disking. And Andy fell uh, Arliss fell asleep. Wait. Andy fell asleep, fell off the tractor. Arliss was turning but ran over him with a tire. And that sounds 
terribly tragic and scary, but Letha's praying and Arla sped off to the hospital. X-rays showed for Andy no broken bones and some kidney damage that repaired itself. Thank you, Jesus. Um, Arliss was in traction back in 1990. The rest of the family was going to see him, and as you were headed to go see him, a tornado was, I, you told this story in my office. You know, uh, they're headed to the hospital to see Arliss, and there's a tornado coming. And Mark looks at mom and says, what do we do? And she's like, I think we can make it, keep going. <laughs> and they made it. And. Uh, um, what did she say here? She'd been praying and felt the peace. She said, drive fast but safe. I think we can keep going. Um, there was a year the MCC sale was icy and raining. The wheat should have rotted, but God knew what he was doing. Many days of fog followed for a slow warm-up, but we had a good harvest. And then similarly, uh, when some neighbors uh, didn't... Remember, I don't get this. I don't get farming, but... The land, uh, caddy corner from them, changed owners. They didn't do the wheat. It turned yellow with disease. They were afraid that their crop would also be affected, but the cattle grazed it down. In spring, it was nice and green. And again, praise the Lord for a good crop. Letha shared one other thing with me that I want to share with you today. She heard, you know, Arliss was always involved with MCC so much. And she heard an illustration that said, you know, Jesus' hands were nailed and his feet were nailed. So we need to be his hands and feet. And that's pretty much how Arliss approached his life of service. So, my encouragement to all of us, friends and family especially, don't forget to keep telling those stories. Celebrate his life, celebrate his life of service especially. Uh, again, I, I didn't know Arliss particularly well. I've been here, I'm just approaching two-year anniversary back in Bueller now after a lot of years and as the pastor now. Um, but here's what we want to make sure we remember as we share together today. Whatever else you heard, whatever else you think, it is significant, and it is my job to remind us that most importantly, at some point in his life, it was important that Arliss trusted Jesus. That makes all the difference. And as we think about that particular thing, to trust in Jesus, to put your faith in Jesus, the most important thing ever, as we get to this day, I want to talk about and encourage you, I hope, today, I want to encourage you, even on a day that's filled with some sorrow and some sadness, absolutely, I want to encourage us all today by talking about newness, and especially newness for Arliss. And here's what I mean. First of all, even though it seems really strange to the world for us to say, but the first thing that has to be a celebration for Arliss is he gets a new body. Okay, I'm not quite as old as Arliss was, but I already get it. You know what? Earth suits wear out. You know, and Arliss had a life of service and farming and hard work. You know, it, uh, like I say, uh, I got back here for a couple of years and I could see Arliss had physical difficulties. Even the story they told, 
even a day before he actually collapsed and passed away, he had a tooth pulled. You know, our bodies are just uh, fragile and frail and temporary. But here is the coolest thing about being where Arliss is now. He gets a new body. Physically, life had taken its toll. His body was weakening, and even though it was sudden, we didn't really see it coming, we knew that there was stuff going on. But listen to this fantastic promise from 2 Corinthians 5. We know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Now, meanwhile, we groan. And I know Arliss knew how to groan about his body. We all know how to groan about our bodies, absolutely. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we won't be found naked. While we're in this tent, we groan, we're burdened, but because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that is what our, may, our mortal body may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. New body. Arliss has a new body. And that's got to be a great thing. Now I got to tell you, he was always, uh, you know, encouraging, you know, even in the midst since I've been here, to know that he's been going through some procedures and things and hospital stays and whatnot. Whenever he could, he was here. But his body was starting to be, as I keep saying, it's starting to be, uh, take its toll. One more encouraging pas passage about this from 1 Corinthians 15. Someone will ask, Paul writes, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? Paul's response, how foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. But God gives it a body as he has determined. And to each kind of seed, he gives its own body. Not all flesh is the same. People have one kind of flesh. Animals have another. Birds another. Fish another. There are also heavenly bodies and there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind. And the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable, but it is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Now, I was drawn to this passage the whole idea, again, I don't know anything about ag and being a farmer, but Arliss did, so he understands what it means to sow and have something better, bigger, better sprout up. And that's the illusion from this passage that talks about a new promise, new body, spiritual, eternal body. Thank you, Jesus. The other new thing, another new thing that Arliss also is now experiencing that we all can look forward to as we trust in Christ. Arliss is in his new home. Now, I have no doubt if we heard more stories, uh, you know, no one's life is perfect, but I'm sure that Arliss and Letha have a fine home. But it's not his eternal best home. 
When we trust Christ, we begin to understand that this world isn't where we belong. It's not our home. And Arliss understands that now. Philippians 3 says, Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. I love this passage. It's got both. New home, new body. John 14, Jesus himself says this. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the place where I'm going. A lot of contemporary and even older sort of pontificators have talked about what home is. Home is where your heart is. Home is where your loved ones are and all that. Absolutely. But our best home, the home we were made for, an eternal home, is the home that Arliss is basking in right now. His home in heaven in eternity with Jesus. More than bringing us to death, God is calling us home because we know that this existence, this world, is not our home. New body, new home, and weirdly, the biggest one, the best one, it might not make sense to the world if they were listening in on me today. Because here we are at the death of a loved one, of a friend, a family member, and I want to say the greatest encouragement we can have at this moment for somebody who has trusted Jesus, which Arliss had, is that he actually now has new life. Now, how ironically strange would that be for the world to hear? What do you mean? He's gone. We're looking at his casket. But no, this is not the life we were made for. 2 Corinthians 5 says, If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. That's the fantastic part of this side of heaven. That there's a sort of now and not yet. That now Arliss gets the now. In Revelation 21, John writes, uh, as we think about the eternal, eternal, uh, the eternal eternity, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Now, obviously, that culminates with Jesus' return in heaven is established forever, right? But Arliss gets a taste now. It's new life, the life he was created for. We weren't created for this breath, this whisper, this vapor that our, uh, you know, uh, 70, 80, whatever years are. We were created for a life eternal. And that's why this is such a great moment 
We're sad that we will miss him, but we are thrilled that he is part of that new life. Jesus himself, when he talked to Lazarus' sister, Martha, a very sad time in that story in John chapter 11. Lazarus, Lazarus uh, was dead. And so then an appropriate conversation about death. And what does Jesus say to Martha? I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. That's why this is a day to celebrate. The famous preacher evangelist from back in the day, way back in the day, Dwight L. Moody. Here's what he said. D.L. Moody said, Someday you will read in the papers that D.L. Moody of Northfield is dead. Don't you believe a word of it? At that moment, I shall be more alive than I am now. I shall have gone higher, that is all. Out of this old clay tenement into a house that is immortal, a body that sin cannot touch, that sin cannot taint, a body fashioned into his glorious body. I was born in the flesh in 1837. I was born of the spirit in 1856. That which is born of the flesh may die. That which is born of the spirit will live forever. The full abundant life that Jesus promises finds its culmination in heaven as we depart this world as Arliss has. So my encouragement today is to take comfort in the reality that Arliss is enjoying his new perfect body. He's dwelling in his new home prepared to him by Jesus. And he's living his fullest life, his real life, without pain or suffering in the presence of Jesus. And that's wonderful news. Now remember where I started this. I said we need to recognize the most important thing about this is that Arliss trusted Jesus. He put his faith in Jesus. It's sort of been my thing. Uh, we've, we've done a few funerals since I've been here in just, you know, 22 short months or whatever. We've done some funerals. And so, without apology, uh, it's, it's the record. Some of you remember what records are, right? This is the record repeating itself to say, it's a very different story if you're in this room hearing about the wonderful rewards and newness that Arliss is living in. If you don't know Jesus, it's a very different story. I don't have to elaborate super hard on that. I just want you to hear me say it straight up. We can say all these wonderful things about new body, new home, and new life because Arliss knew Jesus. He trusted Jesus. And that makes all the difference. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for Arliss's life. We're so thankful that he knew Jesus. He put his trust, his faith in Jesus. God, he, was, he really lived the life of being your hands and feet. His commitment to service and helping others so much. God, we are just so thankful for that. God, as we, uh, as we think about 
his life. I pray that you would just be with, especially Letha, be with the family as we grieve and mourn. Remind us that Jesus said, blessed are the mo- those that mourn because there will be comfort. they will be comforted. God, I pray that you would bring your peace and comfort in the days ahead, especially. But God, we're thankful for what you've done for us in Jesus. God, for a new life, the life that you created us for, that Arliss can now celebrate in. We're thankful for being with us today. We're thankful, God, and we again pray that you would bless the family, especially during this time. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we close the service, we want to play one more song that was important for our list, so I'd just like you to listen to that song. And then the family will be escorted out first with the, with the casket, and then there will be an interment immediately following at uh, Bueller East, and you are welcome to join us out there for the graveside service. I'm sorry to have to mention uh, things about our current world situation, but so in light of sort of pandemic-y things, we're limiting the meal to the family today. We're hoping that will change someday, but just by way of information, the family will be coming back for a meal, but just the family. So if you want to catch anybody between now and then, that might be the better thing to do. But you're all welcome out at the interment at Bueller East. So let's have this one more song before we recede.
Take it to the Lord in prayer. 